0: Red and yellow, bright and bold, the extroverts are under the spotlight. It's time for the Spectrum Podcast. Hello and welcome to this, the second edition of the Spectrum Podcast. The whole idea behind this series of podcasts is to help you understand more about the Spectrum Behaviour Profile from Evaluation Store and how to use it. My name is Nick Skinner, and I'm your host for this series of conversations, and I can tell you that I have used Spectrum Profile with great effect over recent years in my work around organization development, learning, and change. In our last episode, we chatted with Steve Jarrett and Steve Berry, uh, the two brains really behind the development of the Spectrum model, Uh, and I'm delighted to say that they are here with me again for this second episode.
1: So uh, hello, gents. How are you? Very well, thank you. Hello. Yes, good. Lovely to be here. There was more than just the two of us, but <laughs> uh
0: We've only got a small studio, so we're kind of crammed in here a little bit. Uh, so anyway, I was reflecting on uh, our conversation, listening back to what we said last time round. My reflection is we gave a pretty good overview, I think, of the model and some of the thinking behind it. And I would say to uh you, if you're listening, if you hadn't... Gone back and listen to that first episode. I would direct you there to to pick up some of the background to the spectrum model, how it works, what it's used for, etc. So today we're going to look at the main extroverted colours of red and yellow, and how you can look at them and how you can work with them. And then in a subsequent episode. We'll do blue and green, the two introverted colours. I'd also like to spend some time touching on the idea that we can have a behaviour profile for normal behaviour and how that profile might shift under conditions of stress. And understand what the colours mean when we're experiencing stress and how that, how our profile might change from from, uh, from our normal selves. So like many psychometric reports, the profile works on what I understand as a principle set down into Jungian psychology. We mentioned this last time you gave us a good background to it. Uh, And they work on the idea of the introvert-extrovert continuum and uh, task-focused, people-focused continuum. And we covered an introduction to some of these in our initial chat. Uh, But perhaps for anyone who hasn't been able to listen to that podcast, or as a reminder for those who did, uh, can one of you give us an overview? Maybe Steve Jarrett. I know this is covered in your book, Across the Spectrum, What Color Are You?, which I know is available on Amazon for a very good price, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. so perhaps you could give us a very brief reminder of
2: how the model works. So the theory that we believe um, for our model of behaviour is based on, as you said, introvert, extrovert. If you imagine being in a room and having uh, at one end of the room extroversion and the other end opposite to that introversion and across the middle of the room uh, task and people focused you end up with obviously four corners and those four corners are the red yellow green and blue that we spoke about uh, last time Um, and then linked to that which we spoke about last time is what is behavior Uh, we said everyone's got a personality and that interacts with the situation that you're in the role that you're playing the culture that you're in and that creates behavior behavior is nothing more than the voice pitch tone and volume and obviously content Uh, at body language, facial mask and eye contact. Um, So I hope that's fairly clear. We'll try and um, make it even more simple when we look at the four base colors later um, and I'll try my best to uh, mimic the voices for you. Okay, yeah, that'd be great to help bring the model to life I think is what we're gonna try to do now
0: from here on in. So uh, if we accept that this is the way the model works, so we have introvert, extrovert, task-focused, people-focused and creating those four quadrants. We want really to focus on on those four colours, don't we? So where should we start? I guess the obvious place to start is with talking about red. I mean, red seems to be wanting to go first in terms of it's a a task-focused extrovert. So surely somebody with a red profile
2: would want us to get on with it and talk about red quite early. So tell us about red. So red is, as you said, extrovert and task-focused. It's all about pace. It's all about action. It's decisive. It's assertive. And it's quick to act. It will be someone who's a confident self-starter. They'll make fast decisions. And they'll base the decisions on a logical appraisal of the situation. And they try to keep the task that they're, they're trying to complete at the focus of what they're doing at all times. In conversation, they will be competitive and they've got very little time for small talk. They're not mm. into social interaction. They want to cut to the chase, get on with stuff, and uh, give people instructions. It's, uh, uh, action matters above all else to this person. And they'd rather crack on and do something than sit around discussing it or or having a focus group.
0: So an action-focused decision-maker. Yeah. Okay. And how would I spot then somebody who's got that profile, that part? What other clues am I going to pick up from them?
1: You'll probably find short, sharp, clipped sentences, probably a low attention threshold, If I play the part of someone with very high red, I'd be saying, I want to do action. I value action rather than talking. So let's talk for two minutes and then get the action done rather than discuss it for half an hour. Um, As Steve mentioned, the competitive element, they will put competition into something that even doesn't have competition. I want to beat the other departments at this metric and that metric and the other metric. They're also very output focused. So that means talking about the results this is what I'm going to achieve, these are the results we're going to get. They're a lot more concerned about the results than they are about the process on how uh, they would get there. So judge me by my results,
2: not by how I've done it. So um, unfortunately with the podcast, you can't see my body, you can't see my face, you can't see my eyes. Some might see that's an advantage. Yeah, massive advantage, yeah. (laughs) Um, And obviously that's a lot of communication. We we believe 80% of communication is body language, face and eyes, particularly the eyes for me are very, very important. Um, and with modern technology, we're, we're becoming a little atrophied and, and, and dormant, if you like, in terms of practising eye contact, practising pitch, tone and volume of our voices, and using our, our bodies. Technology can get in the way. So for the podcast, I'm going to try and mimic Red for you um, with my voice, pitch, tone and volume only. I've been in this situation many times, and doing something always helps the situation. I think you should let me crack on with it, because that's always worked in the past Pretty direct.
1: Yes, and uh, well, I'll try and do the same. Well, no, you're wrong because I've done this, and my way of doing it is definitely the right way because it's worked before. So what
0: you what you can't see, dear listener, is the fact that these two gentlemen are exchanging communication. Their eye contact with each other is really strong. So Red has no trouble with eye contact; it's really direct and uh, and uh, stares straight into your soul when it speaks to you. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and I was gesticulating without even realizing I was doing it in the acting mode. I was gesticulating quite strongly towards Steve, pointing
2: at him with my hand. But I'm right and he's wrong. So
0: Red reinforces its behaviour with physical movements
2: as well. Yeah. So it tends sort of, to close down the space between okay. two people. We have a, um, um, sometimes we call it a magic meter, or if you're into old measurements, a magic yard, um, that we don't like anyone to invade. Uh, typically reds will get quite close to you, might even prod you on the arm with their finger. They'd also try and raise themselves up a little bit, so if
1: I'm playing the part of a very strong red now, I'm sitting bolt upright. I'm trying to get my eyes higher than Steve's because that's raising to a position of dominance. And that's why, if you remember the French President Sarkozy, that's why he had such a problem with his height, because he was small, so he couldn't get his eyes higher than anybody else. The red wants to dominate the situation and the other person.
0: So dominate and be in control. So um, if I'm exhibiting red behaviour, I'm going be, to be holding the TV remote control because I'm going to be in control of the TV. Is that sort of thing,
2: that, little evidence of red behaviour? I think you've just hit the nail on the head. They like working at pace, they like to win, they like to get the job done. We must also um, just make a, a point here that um, they also have some hates. So we talked about loves and things they're good at. Mm. They, they hate uh, inactivity. They don't like waiting. They don't like long emails. They don't ever have long communication with anybody. So if you send somebody a long email who's read, you'll probably get a three-word answer. Mm. Um, and it drives them crazy. So if you're trying to treat other people how they want to be treated and you're dealing with a red, you really must cut your language down to the minimum and focus on the action that you think they want them to take. You can ask them, what do you want me to do? And just go away and do it. And they will tell you. And they will tell you straight away. So they've got away. no problem in telling you Absolutely. what to do. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: What drives red behavior then Steve? Yes all of us have these these drivers or sometimes people refer to them as values deep within us. Uh, the red behavior you see is what's coming out bubbling out of the surface but like an iceberg the majority of the stuff is below the surface below the sea level spelled S-E-E i.e you can't see it. So what's going on uh, within the red and there are within the evaluation store within spectrum for each of the colors we have these eight drivers. Uh, The drivers for red, I could list them, but um, let's just pick out a few. We mentioned about risk-taking. Red likes to take risks. That's why quite often there is a propensity towards potentially uh, gambling addiction with red. It's even higher with yellow, but nevertheless, blue and green tend not to have gambling addiction. They like taking control. So a driver for the red is being in control. Absolutely getting results. I mentioned earlier on, don't judge me by how I've done something, judge me by my results, with high red say. Doing things quickly, doing things with focus, as Steve mentioned, activity rather than just debate, competence. <laughs> red wants to be seen. I don't care what you think of me as a person, they would say, but I need to know that you think I am really good at my job. So, all those things added together, but you will see red behaviour from slightly different slants. So somebody might have competence as a bigger driver than taking control. And yet another person might have taken control as a bigger driver than getting results, for example. So we all have underneath the surface bubbling away these eight drivers for red. And of course, at the same time, we've also got these drivers for all the other colors, but if you're exhibiting high red behavior, the chances are that the red behaviors or the red drivers rather are um, bubbling higher. The great power of understanding these colours is that you can also press the wrong buttons. So Mm. if what we do here is help you not to press the wrong buttons, that's a good idea. But the story I'm going to tell you, I do not condone the behaviour. I just tell it as a story of what happened when someone deliberately pressed the wrong buttons. It was a company I was working in many years ago, and the chief executive wanted to get rid of the transport manager. The transport manager was off the scale red so, the chief exec called him into his office. We don't know what happened, other than his PA said there was lots of shouting going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, he effectively questioned the competence, told him he didn't believe that he was good at his job, didn't believe he knew what he was doing. The transport manager then blew up, stormed out of the factory, and was never seen again. As I say, I do not condone the behavior. What I use it as an example of, if you press the wrong buttons in this case, competence if I'm exhibiting high red mm. I need to know that you think I'm good at my job mm. I need to know that you respect my competence more than my personality or how I've done things
0: now I'm guessing that all the profiles get can get um, angry uh, but there's a certain way that uh, that anger comes with being read so it's directed towards me and because it's task focused it's going to be full of detail and, and logic. Is that is that right?
2: <laughs>
1: no, with red, it will be high on emotion. Mm-hmm. If we use the temperature continuum, it will go up in temperature. Okay. So everything that you think about with somebody getting to boiling point uh, will be red, including sometimes the, the physical nature of physically being red in the face. So if I was strong red and I'm going into greater red stress, I'd be getting closer, as you said, closing down the space. I'd be getting louder. I'd be getting more direct. I'd be doing what I'm doing now, which is talking a lot mm. and not giving you time to talk. Oh, by the way, if you do talk, I'm not going to be listening to you. I'm just thinking about what I'm going to say next to push my point through. That would be red in stress.
2: They, but, yeah, I mean, they just they, they go even faster and tend to come out fighting. That doesn't necessarily mean that it always culminates in a fight, but they certainly will argue, and they love debate. They love to have debate with people. When they get angry, uh, they will forget it in minutes, but the rest of us tend to carry that around, and they can't understand why some of us are sulking or upset or moody later, because they've, it's done and dusted. It's, it, it was five minutes ago. They don't tend to carry that anger around for too long. There's lots of positives in red behaviour. Surely it's a massively positive... Uh, behaviors
0: sh- to show just give us some of the positives of red and we can really perhaps discuss those
1: absolutely definitely The the red wants to achieve and to do the thing correctly and do it well so you want people with strong red on your team because they're guys that are going to make it happen they're mm-hmm. very much in action man mode mm-hmm. so you want to volunteer they're the first to volunteer even before they know exactly what they're volunteering for they say i'll do it
2: Mm. and so yes you definitely want strong red players on your team they lead from the front um, and they are very very assertive people they tend as I said to take control of situations and relationships and tell you what they want Um, somebody said to me a few weeks ago that when I'm at home um, I'm not red but at work I am Um, and I just asked them a simple question uh, who chose your curtains and your furniture and your last holiday and they usually say I did or I ask my partner to give me a short list, and then I pick the one that I wanted to go on. So they rarely do stuff that they don't want to do. So do they talk first and think later? Is that, is that, <laughs> is that, is that what we're talking about with red? Yes and no,
1: that's definitely sometimes the case, more with red than any of the other colors, but, but not always. Mm-hmm. When they do have goals, tasks, and objectives, you want them to be fairly simple, straightforward, don't make them overly complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the son of probably one of the reddest people that I know. My father, still alive, approaching his 90s, an ex-Special Forces Royal Marine. Uh, and he's the sort that would literally parachute into a place that nobody else would go, mm. as long as the objective was very simple. You rescue this group of people. You remove that group of people. Whatever the danger is, the red doesn't mind that. They're going in to do the particular task, and they will use, if necessary, Uh, aggression to achieve that.
0: So their risk uh, appetite is slightly different as well. It's a bit higher. They
1: thrive on it and feed off it.
2: They
0: thrive on it. So they they like the challenge that goes with taking. And
2: and in a work situation, if you want things completed on time, these are the guys that will always complete things on time. Mm. I'm not going to talk here about necessarily the quality of what they complete, but they will definitely complete things on time. Okay. So just do it, get it done. Yes. that is the driver for red. It's assertive,
0: it's controlling, uh, and it's um, got lots of positives around being directive, uh, and it's so, and we've all got this in us, right? This, you know, we've all got some aspect of red in our profiles, even if our profile is comes out as blue. We will, we will have some red in there somewhere.
1: Yes, on the evaluation store spectrum report, you can't score zero. Yes, <laughs> because the minimum you can put for any particular question is one. Yeah. So all of us have the ability to use some red behaviour. It's just some people like using it a lot, mm. and some don't. Some people are good at using it, and some aren't.
2: Okay. And if you have a preference for one particular colour above the other, that's the one that materialises in your face, in your eyes and in the tune of your voice and in your body language and that's the one that everyone else is catching and therefore that's the colour they can see. So even if you've got red in your profile, if your preference is to use another colour, mm. th- that's the one that everyone else can see. And, and if, you,
0: if you're working with somebody who's red and they've got the heat turned up under them, uh, which you know what, what what happens to them they go faster I guess they do they go yeah. they want yeah. to do things more quickly and more positively
2: yeah they, go, they definitely go faster come out fighting become more competitive and try to complete tasks even more quickly uh, typically if they're in a leadership position they will bark orders and use very short sentences and in, in fact uh, two or three words in order to instruct others what they want And they're usually clear about what they want. Mm -hmm. They very rarely am and are and, and, and think about what they want. They will do something rather than nothing. And is it something that you think that people
0: expect to show more red when they take on leadership roles? Is it something that people associate
1: with leadership? Oh, those are two different questions. Mm. Is it something that people associate with leadership? Yes, they often do. However, does it mean that red is better at leadership than any of the others? No, it doesn't. All of the colours, if we're just using the four at the moment, all of the colours can lead, but they can lead in different ways. And different colour preferences will give different leadership styles and might be more or less appropriate at different times. For example, when you are in a crisis mode and it needs someone to take the front of the queue, saying, right, this is how we're going to get out of it, follow me, that's when you want your high red leader, a good crisis leader that you look to the figurehead. They are the figureheads. Once you've come out of the crisis, and you're looking at building and developing the business, the organisation, the brand, whatever it is, the red might not be the best.
2: A famous example of that for me would be Margaret Thatcher, for those of the listeners that can remember her, who uh, in 1979, Winter of Discontent, Um, high inflation, high employment, came in and used an abundance of red behaviour to bring around change, to make decisions, to change the people on the cabinet, to challenge the trade unions. But when she had some success some years later, even if you didn't like her, and remember our job is not to necessarily uh, change people or like them, it's to put their strengths to work, um, she didn't change her behaviour, she carried on using more and more red behaviour. And if she'd learned, in my opinion, to style flex and use other behaviours, she probably might have lasted a bit longer. Yeah, she did the only thing she knew how to do, which was to do more red. So
1: initially, when she came into power, red was probably the most effective behaviour for the task she had to do. Then there reached a point where it was not the most effective behaviour. And as you say, she didn't have the ability to flex. So therefore, there was a mismatch between the behaviour that was required for good leadership and what she was able to do. And she did the only thing she knew how to do, which was more red. So the mismatch got bigger, so she used more red, so the mismatch got even bigger, and they eventually replaced her with a complete opposite. In this case, John Major. Spitting image always tells us that John Major was gray as a color, but uh, he was your (laughs) your Mr. Blue. We'll come on to blue behavior a little bit later, but it was a massive switch in leadership from very red behaviour to very blue behaviour.
0: So I'm sure many of us will have worked with people who've got high red in their profile. And in fact, some job types or or workplaces might have high red in them. How do I work effectively with somebody who's high red if if red is not my preference and my dominant colour?
1: Speak, be short, sharp to the point. Don't beat about the bush. Uh, Don't go around in circles. Again, it's straight to the point. Don't get involved with uh, what they did over the weekend. They're not interested in your weekend, and their weekend's none of your business. Just get on with focus on the work. And complete your tasks on time. Mm. Don't be late. Don't contradict them in public. What you might want to do, if they have a quiet one-to-one discussion, with their permission, could we chat about this? Because I'm not sure I, I agree, or I'm not convinced by Um, you're not necessarily having to be subservient all the time, but what you absolutely won't do is uh, make them lose face in public.
0: So what happens if I do challenge them in public? If I say, no, you're wrong, Uh, Mr. or Mrs. Red, no, you're wrong, we should do this. Does that escalate? Is it a risk of a sort of positive feedback loop there?
1: I would say... Most people with high red behavior tend to accelerate their red behavior, as we said with with Margaret Thatcher, in uh, conflict. Not all do. Some will tend to tone their red behavior down, but statistically, you are more likely to get them to accelerate the red behavior, and you'll be into a conflict that you really don't want. So, when there is a disagreement with Mr. Red, one to one, or Mrs. Red, one to one, quietly, respectfully. And also getting so that they make the ultimate decision. Back to Steve's comment about the curtains. Uh, we've had this discussion and they are coming to the conclusion that your point is valid.
0: Now, then, let's take a look at yellow. Yellow is Bright and sunny. So, who's going to tell us about what yellow means in terms
2: of behaviour? So, yellow, as you said, um, bright and sunny, um, extrovert and people focused. They like to have a, a strong social relationship with you and with as many people as they can. They always know someone who knows someone who knows someone. They um, love to enjoy their work, they like to laugh, they have a sense of humour. They're very optimistic and positive about the future. and can only see the positive in things. Um, They nearly always give others a second, third, fourth, fifth chance. Um, They're very creative creative in their thinking and their solutions. And they like to have their life filled with a variety of stuff. So they can get bored quite easily. The threshold for boredom is quite low. They are um, natural networkers. um, And as I said, always know someone who can help. And they tend to keep that and record that. It's a great place to start when you're trying something new, to try and use yellow behaviour. And it tends to start things, but not necessarily always finish things. So I've given you some positives and negatives about yellows. But bright, sunny, positive, strong eye contact, musical tune to the voice. Um, And in a few seconds' uh, time, I'll I'll try and do my impression of a, a yellow voice, like I did for Red. So they're great networkers.
0: They're creative, positive. They can see all those things in other people. And they exhibit in themselves. They wear their emotions on the outside. Then, do they? You can see it very clearly on the outside. For you. yeah.
1: Yep, and that means they can vary enormously. They can have great peaks and great troughs, all within a few seconds and a few minutes. Okay.
0: Okay. So, so uh, yeah. So it's quite high energy to be with them. Could be quite a uh, just being with them could be quite an emotional ride.
1: Yeah, they generate a lot of energy from their interaction. Uh, with other people, fantastic people. This is my my second daughter. What we say about her is from a very early age, she's been able to make friends in an empty room. Mm. And within five minutes of of something, she's suddenly somebody else's new best friend. That's what the yellow is like. There is a degree of uh, adaptability, but also a degree of social conformity where they want to be part of the group. It's important for them that they're liked, that they're within the group, and they're not an outlier. They're quite happy to be the centre of attention, particularly for jocular reasons. They're the ones that are making the jokes, making the gags, but within the group. They don't like being on their own. I remember doing one particular piece of of work um, with a well-known British company, and there was this fantastic lady who was off-the-scale yellow. And she was saying, no, you can never make me miserable at work. So we said, OK, we will put you in a room on your own, take away your ability to communicate with everybody else. How long would you last? OK, you could make me miserable at work. They thrive on that interaction with other people. Fabulous people, people, people. Fabulous to generate the energy within a team. Great teams have nice uh, yellow behaviour within it.
0: I guess they're positive people to be with. They've always got... Uh, an optimistic outlook is that right?
1: Yes there's always even in the darkest cloud there is a silver lining and the yellow has spotted it and that optimism I mentioned that red can sometimes have a propensity towards gambling addiction uh, also in the case of red alcohol addiction but yellow even more so and the reason for that is the positive outlook this time I'll be right this time I'll win The odds are stacked against me, uh, sorry, the odds are stacked in my favor because I'm luckier than everybody else on average, is that fundamental belief that comes out with yellow. Other things with them is that they have a strong belief in harmony and good relationships. So if there is discord within a group, that will stress them out something chronic. They would want to be able to ensure that discord goes away. Now, their way of doing it is quite often running away from it. They're not the best people of dealing with the Discord, but they are probably the first person to realise that the Discord happens. And do, do they sense that Discord, then? Have they got some some barometer which means that they're more attuned to that Discord than others, or is that...? I would say, yes, in terms of the sensitivity to having uh, some sort of relationships and uh,
2: disharmony, I would say, yes, the yellow is likely to spot it first. Would you agree with that, Steve? I do, yes, and I think their the need to be at the centre of everything. Uh, the centre of attention is, is quite high, and therefore at work, it has some difficulties because if they're excluded from something, from a project or a meeting, they start to make up the reason why they've not been included. They start to think about, well, why haven't I been included in that? Um, and and that can be quite a challenge for some companies because you can't be involved in everything. But if these are uh, people-focused, not task-focused, so does this mean
0: these are people that don't do detail? Um, what What... Tell us about how yellow stacks
2: up for them. They're over. very, very good at getting lots and lots of other people to do lots of stuff for them. So they tend to persuade and negotiate and use humour and fun to win friends and influence people, so that they then get those people to do some of the tasks for them. Yes, they still carry on doing their work, their job as normal, but they will—they will inevitably get others to do it. There's a great story in a company I work for when somebody very red at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon said, I need something doing, will you do it? And they asked someone who was yellow. And the person that was yellow said, yes, of course, I'll do that for you. And then delegated it to their to their a member of their staff who had to sit there till nine o'clock doing it while the yellow person went home. I think one of the other things with yellow as well, and I think
0: this is a conversation that you and I had once about yellow, is that, is that they could sometimes... Um, Sometimes they feel like they're bending like the wind. They take their their view from the last person
1: they spoke to. So they can sometimes seem a bit two-faced, maybe. Yes, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that fickle nature of yellow. What they're trying to do is agree with people. Mm. And they're trying to agree with people mainly so that they're liked Mm. and so that they're included, so they're a part of what's going on. But that means I'm agreeing with an Everton supporter one moment and a Liverpool support at another moment. And of course, you know, you can never agree with those two at the same time. But that's what High Yellow would do.
2: I once went into a meeting, and before that meeting, as you would normally do, I talked to two people and said, will you support my view? It's a challenge to the directors, but I need your support. And they were both yellow, and they both said they would. And so I raised my voice, and I put my point across and looked at these two people to support me, and they stayed silent because they didn't want to be uh, not fit in. And I was the only person in the room who looked stupid.
0: So where might we expect to see high yellow? I mean, it sounds to me like they're the kind of person that does their business on the golf course more than in the office. But yeah. what kind of roles might we see high yellow in?
1: Yeah, in informal uh, behaviour or informal part of working is definitely there. Where I've come across the most yellow is in the media, uh, entertainment, media industries, uh, in the marketing arena. There's lots of innovation that goes on with yellow. They will do things in a different way. Some of the strongest yellow uh, I've seen has been some of the most creative and interesting people that come up with the ideas. You think, what on earth happened in your mind to make that happen? An example, someone that both Steve and I knew in the media marketing industry um, for something that I have no idea why, they got a car, welded it together and turned it into a fish tank. Hmm. why would you turn a car into a fish tank and what sort of mind makes that happen apparently it was very effective for the objective it wanted
2: but that's what yellow does thinks in a way that nobody and, else does and, and Steve's absolutely right that if you think about uh, TV and radio uh, it will attract uh, a huge number of people that are um, have a preference for yellow behaviour and if you think about a lot of TV presenters your Jonathan Rosses, your Graham Nortons people like that Very high preference for yellow behaviour. It's funny, it's entertaining, it's witty, it's charming, and they have to be at the centre of things. Where else would you go but TV, radio? um, And in business, it it, it tends to be things like marketing and the creative uh, side of business. So what are the the flashpoints for yellow, then? Uh, Well, they hate process, they hate rules and regulations, and they almost don't follow them. So if you're in an organisation that uh, has a very strong preference for processes and policies and rules and you employ someone who's yellow, uh, you need to be very forgiving with them because they're not going to follow the rules. They're going to bend and twist and meander their way through them um, and almost m- try and try and avoid uh, completing the stuff in the way that that particular organisation wants it done. Um, but use their strengths because they will come up with creative, innovative ideas they're good team players. They tend to keep uh, a happy, light atmosphere. They can be very positive, but don't ask them to do Excel spreadsheets or, or complete uh, <laughs> reports um, in a systematic and um, structured way. If I can use an example from family and, and sporting life,
1: my second daughter that I mentioned earlier on, very high yellow, um, her school team put her as a forward midfielder in hockey. So she's good at hockey, forward midfielder nobody in her team knew what on earth she was going to be doing with the ball, let alone what on earth the opposition thought. So (laughs) that made her very effective. They didn't know if she was going to shoot, pass, thread it forward. She was very unpredictable. And that was yellow at its best. Great.
0: Now, some people, of course, might move towards yellow under stress but their yellow might go up. So how does that, what does that look like in terms of behaviour?
2: The first reaction that you get from yellows uh, that are using more of it in stress is they tend to become silly they tend to not take situations seriously they tend to avoid conflict and they tend to use inappropriate humor and as steve alluded to earlier they might disappear they might actually hide
1: We've got a family example of this. Uh, Brother, oh, Lots of
0: yellow in your family. <laughs> <laughs>
1: brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, very high yellow. Brother-in-law, very high blue. Opposites can often work very well together indeed. Their kitchen caught fire. And so the sister-in-law, the very high yellow, was making some element of joke in the kitchen as it was catching fire. And the blue brother-in-law turns to her and says... I don't think you appreciate the seriousness of the situation. So one turned it into a joke and one uh, clearly didn't. Anyway, nothing um, was uh, terminal. They managed to put the fire out and so on. But a very serious, potentially life-threatening situation and the stress of it turned her to make a joke about it. That's yellow in a nutshell. So
0: so if I'm working with somebody on on a project and they're, let's say the project is behind and they're trying to, reassure everybody that everything's okay on the project. They will sort of say, don't worry, everybody, it will all be okay. If we work together, everything will be fine. Is that the sort of thing that you get from them?
2: Definitely. And um, they tend to uh, use nondescript words without facts and figures to convince everyone that everything's okay. So um, if they're working on multiple projects, they'll probably all be at various stages of incompletion. And it's quite difficult to get them to hit the deadline and finish something um, on time. I remember in one employment
1: situation, I came in uh, to this new company and it was my first meeting with various staff. One particular person, I remember the comments he made, he doesn't like doing the detail, he prefers the big picture, broad brush approach. And I logged that. However, in the job he was doing, I needed someone who was going to be doing the detail. He was the wrong fit for the job, very nice guy, But yellow was not the right behavior for that job.
0: Okay. so if I'm working with somebody then who has a high yellow, uh, they're going to be quite high energy, big picture, creative, great networker, uh, positive outlook, etc. All the things that you've said, how do I work with them to get the best out of them?
1: Be their friend, be humorous. Keep telling them that you actually like them. Listen to them, because they will come out with those wacko ideas that might not make sense until you've filtered it a little bit and think, yeah, that's going to work.
2: And my opinion is that you should confer... It's the only one where I would say this. Confirm what you've agreed with them in writing, because if you don't, the next time you see them, they might say, I don't remember saying that, or I don't uh, uh, remember agreeing to that. So I am
1: confirm- nodding strongly
2: here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so then the special power of yellow, Steve, the, the, the one thing that actually
2: they bring to your team above all else? Positivity, is? I would say. And um, I think it's it's about time I try to do another impression. Again, remember, there's no body language and there's no facial mask and eye contact. But remember, imagine a, a smiling and happy person who's quite animated might say something like, hi, fantastic, great to see you all here. Let's have a team hug before we start. We're all going to have fun together. We're going to enjoy working together and we're going to make a fantastic team. Let's all go out and have a beer.
0: Brilliant. Well,
2: that sounds like a really good plan, actually. Uh, So maybe (laughs)
0: I'm indulging my yellow. Uh, So we've had a really interesting uh, trip around yellow. Uh, So thank you very much for sharing that with us. So there we have it, an overview of red behavior and yellow behavior, the two extroverted colors that form part of the spectrum model. My thanks to both Steve's for sharing their expertise, their insights, and also their stories with us this afternoon to help us understand a bit more about those. When we next come together, we will talk about blue behavior and green behavior, the introverted colors at the heart of the model and we can understand what it is to have those as our main behaviour preference and think about how we can work effectively with others who might lead with those colours. So I hope you very much enjoyed listening to our chat this afternoon, and we hope very much that you can join us next time on the Spectrum podcast. Until then, from myself and from both Steve's, goodbye. Goodbye. Take
1: care. Goodbye.